Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated Bachelor's of Nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out what's happening in the Exxon Nation on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. And for all the programming available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon TV channel. That is exclusive to Simul TV. Visit www.simultv.com. The song we came in this segment with was Linda Ronstadt singing Different Drum. Now, a lot of you people may not know this, but the composer, the writer of Different Drum, passed away this year, not that long ago, Michael Nesmith. You remember him from Monkeys? He's the guy that wore the woolen hat. Well, not only was he a monkey, not only was he a very astute business person, but he was also a great musician, and uh, Linda Ronstadt's different drum is a testament to that. We're going to be talking about the year that was later on in this hour, but first of all, I'd like to bring on my guest this hour, the one and only Mr. Howard Bloom, howardbloom.net. And Howard, how the heck have you been, my friend? Uh, amazing, Rob. Uh, this has been a spectacular year because uh, about 10 months ago, a Howard Bloom Institute came together. Really? And the, the goal of the Howard Bloom Institute, you know this story from our past interviews. But when I was 10 years old, I was a totally lost kid in Buffalo, New York. Nobody wanted to have anything to do mm-hmm. with me, even my parents. And then a book um, opened on my lap and it said the first two rules of science are these, the truth at any price, including the price of your life. And it gave the example of Galileo and uh, look at things from under your nose as if you've never seen them before and then proceed from there. And it gave the example of Anton von Leeuwenhoek. So two guys reached out across a gap of 350 years and saved my life. And those two principles, the truth at any price, including the price of your life and look at things right under your nose as if you've never seen them before. 
those have been my life, my religion ever since. So my job is to reach out across the next 350 years and save the next poor lost kid. And the Howard Bloom Institute is a necessary tool if I'm going to accomplish that. So what is the goal of the Howard Bloom Institute? Well, it's to, I hate to say this, it sounds incredibly narcissistic, Rob, but it's to take my way of thought, my body of work, and lift it high enough so that kids 350 years down the road will be influenced by it. Well, in the meantime, you know that for the first 60 years of my life or so, I was clinically depressed. I was depressed every second of the day. So when emails came in saying, I read your book and it changed my life, uh, I started to save them. So then on a day when I was hideously depressed, I could look at the emails and feel that there was some reason to be alive after all. Well, that list is now about 550 pages long of emails. So in the process of trying to save the next kid down the line, apparently my work has saved some kids as they are, has given them a sense of meaning in life. And these days I'm getting letters from people in their 30s or 40 years old saying your work has influenced my life uh, for half of my life now. Tell so me, Howard, how, how could you do so much in your life if you were so depressed? A good question, Rob. I had no choice. The only thing that came even close to lifting me out of depression was work. Um, so at the age of 14, I became a workaholic. And uh, I mean, before then, you could say I was a workaholic because yeah. I was reading two books a day, um, every single day. But I didn't see that as work at all. So work is um, work can be a tonic. Work can be a uh, an anti-pain medication of a kind. Well, we're glad that you're you're back. You're getting there. We're, we're I'm certainly proud of you for all the accomplishes accomplishments you've made over the years. And now at the Howard Bloom Institute, wow, hats off to you, my good friend. Well, uh, just a note on the Howard Bloom Institute. When the members of the group started reaching out to people that I've known over the years to see if they wanted to be on the honorary advisory board, the mm -hmm. response was spectacular. The former governor of New York State, David Patterson, is on our honorary advisory board. The former head of the House Science Committee, Robert Walker, is on our honorary advisory board. Um, Jeff Bridges, the actor, is on our honorary advisory board. And uh, James Burke, the creator of seven BBC TV yeah. series, including Connections. Those are just a small sample of the number of people on our honorary advisory board. So it's, it is extremely gratifying to me, Rob, because you don't think you're doing anything of value for other human beings, no matter how hard you try. And when you get some validation that maybe you are doing something of value, yeah. it is tremendously moving. You know, we're looking at... Uh, the new year coming up uh, tomorrow is Christmas Eve here in Canada and uh, around the world. And then we're looking at New Year's Eve a week after. I must tell you, Howard, that this has been one of the most perplexing years that I can ever remember. We started the year thinking we were going to get out of the COVID. Then COVID-19 went to the Delta variant. And now here we are with Omicron. But before we get to that, as well as the year that was... What's going on with Russia? Well, um, it, it's not just what's going on with Russia. There's been an, an axis of evil mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, and it's involved a bunch of allies who, who don't claim overtly to be allies. And they're Russia, China, North Korea, um, Iran, Syria, Venezuela, Cuba. And I probably left off one or two. 
Um, but right now, there's a pincer movement on North America, and it's a pincer movement between Xi Jinping in China and uh, Vladimir Putin in Russia. Vladimir Putin has got uh, roughly 100,000 of his soldiers um, on the border with Ukraine. As of today, they started invasion exercises, practicing for invasion in the Ukraine. They seem to be making information war on the Ukraine, just polluting the cyberspace in the Ukraine with, uh, with their peculiar messages mm -hmm. and messages designed to disorient and set people at each other's throats. So at the same time that they are threatening an invasion and claiming that they will invade unless the West gives them guarantees that we will never add Ukraine um, to NATO um, and we will never add it to the EU, but it's NATO that primarily concerns them. So they are pressuring us there. And Xi Jinping is anxious to take over what he regards as a runaway province that's a permanent part of China, Taiwan. And he's actually got the vessels with which to do a land invasion. Um, and he's done hundreds of uh, military plane incursions into the airspace of Taiwan. Now, look, America is not in a position of high resolution. We do not have the courage to fight right now. Um, so being threatened by just one enemy on one side of us would be bad enough. But to be threatened by two enemies um, is even worse. And meantime, we're engaged in an entirely different war. It's a war with the microbial world. It's the war with COVID. Yeah. And we thought that because of immunization, um, we would have conquered COVID over the course of the last year. But remember, there are two species, there are two kinds of creatures on this earth who are really, really good at research and development. One of them is human beings and the others are microbes, bacteria and viruses. Mm -hmm. And the virus has outwitted us. In the last three weeks, a virus came from nowhere um, that we had never heard of before. It had 50 mutations. It had over 30 mutations on its spike protein alone. Now the spike protein is the can opener that the virus uses to open up your cells and mine and get in. And the spike protein is what our vaccines target. Um, but there are approximately 35 mutations on that spike protein. Hmm. And this is the fastest spreading virus that anyone has ever seen. It multiplies. But there, there's another variant that is relatively new called Delta. And Delta is deadly. Um, and Delta looks like the ultimate virus. Um, but it's not because Omicron multiplies 70 times as fast. That's seven zero times as fast in human tissues as the Delta variant. So we are running up against a serious problem. One of the because of all of these mutations, the Omicron variant can do a kind of workaround around vaccines. That is, if you are fully vaccinated, even if you have had a booster shot. Um, the Omicron variant can sneak into your body. Now, it can get into your lungs, which is where Delta and the previous versions of uh, the virus, the COVID virus, have killed you by taking over your lungs. But it takes over your nose and throat and it uses you as a squirt gun. It oh, makes you cough. Yeah. Every cough you make is an effort by the virus to get you to spray your fellow human beings and infect them too. So on average, for every one person who comes down with Omicron, that person infects five 
people. You can have no symptoms at all, and you can still be sneezing and coughing out this virus and spreading it like crazy. Howard, so- stand by, my friend. We've got to take our first break. Exonation. Nation, Howard Bloom is my guest this hour. When we come back, we'll continue talking about Omicron and uh, the havoc it is wreaking around the world. This is the Exxon AM, Rob McConnell. Howard Bloom and I will return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back everyone, Howard Bloom is my special guest, HowardBloom.net, and Howard uh, here in Ontario today, the highest number recorded since the beginning of the pandemic, what nearly two years ago, five thousand seven hundred and ninety new cases in the province of Quebec. They have nearly uh, uh, ten thousand new cases. We're looking at, according to the modeling uh, that the Canadian government has done, of up to 15,000 new cases a day. You know, that's, that's just in Ontario and Quebec. Which is amazing. And we're doing 150,000, too. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to go up to 200,000 new cases a day. But here's the deal. We have to take our eye off of cases. Those don't matter as long as the cases are asymptomatic or only have cold symptoms. What we have to keep our eye on is hospitalizations and deaths. Yeah. We have to keep our eye on hospitalizations because we can't let the hospitals get overwhelmed and the hospitals are up against the problem because if their people test positive for COVID, Mm -hmm. they have to be sidelined for 10 days. They have to go into quarantine uh, for 10 days and that can seriously whittle down the hospital staff and make it hard for hospitals to come anywhere near the normal number of patients that they can service at a time when the number of patients is going up dramatically. They are saying here in Ontario two weeks in two weeks, the hospitals will be maxed. And that's the way it looks. As I yeah. said, this, this virus went from um, infecting 3% of the American population, or, or not 3% of the American population, from being 3% of all of the COVID cases in the United States to being 73% right. of all of the COVID cases in the United States in 10 days. That is staggering. Now, here's a question to you, Howard, in your opinion. Is there another variant that is right at this moment 
mutating that will be stronger or be replacing the Omicron? We have to count on there being new mutants um, because, the, as I said, the virus is a research and development community. Yeah. It's a community of viruses that swap secrets. Um, and um, the number of those viruses on the face of planet Earth is multiplying fabulously as Omicron brings new healthy people into the pack of those who are being infected by the virus. And those who are infected by the virus, even if you and I go totally asymptomatic, but if we have the virus in our nasal passages and our throats, which mm -hmm. is where the Omicron virus hangs out and does it work, it's work. You and I become research and development machines for this virus. And there are approximately 255 million cases so far of the virus in this world. Every single one of those cases is a research and development lab. So we have to be prepared for surprise. Uh, I've had both my shots as well as my booster and now they're talking about a fourth booster yes but a, a number of cases a great number of cases are people who have had the two shots and their booster it seems that this omicron really doesn't care what you've got it's going to get in there and defeat you well the omicron has uh, worked out all kinds of end runs around your immune system and the reason that you don't get the COVID virus, after you've already had it, um, was in the past that uh, your immune system came to recognize the COVID virus and was prepared to attack it and kill it before it could do anything in the future, if there was a new onslaught, a new invasion. Mm -hmm. Well, that's no longer true, because the Omicron is so clever with those 50 mutations that it can end run your immune system even if you have had COVID. So, yes, people who have had COVID and thought they were immune because of having COVID are now coming down with Omicron. Where do you believe that this virus originated? Well, you know, there are several different theories. One is that it originated in Wuhan, China. Rand Paul likes to talk about that, um, that it, it originated in so-called gain-of-function research. But that's underplaying the intelligence the adaptive power, the creative power of these viruses. Um, they don't need humans to do incredibly appalling things. Um, they can do these things on their own. I mean, it, it, blaming the virus on a lab in Wuhan, China, is about the equivalent of saying, well, the Black Death of 1348 that went on for three years and killed a third of the population of the globe, of course that originated in China in a lab. No. It did originate probably in China. Uh, it went through India. Then it got um, from India via global trade. Um, it got to um, Europe. Um, but no one engineered it because these viruses are clever. They are ambitious. They are inventive. They are innovative. They innovate their way around things the way that the Omicron has innovated its way around your immune system, even if you've had covid or around the vaccine. But the big deal is that with the vaccines, we corner it. We keep it in a harmless part of ourselves. We keep it in our nasal passages and in our throat. That's hard. The virus is relatively harmless to us there. It simply gives us cold symptoms. Right. But it's dangerous to others because, as I said, it uses us as an atomizer, as a spray gun. Um, it uses us as a weapon, a cannon, an artillery piece mm -hmm. um, to infect other human beings. So, in, uh, so based on 
your knowledge as a scientist here, as well as being, you know, having extensive knowledge of the pharmaceutical industry. What should we do? Is is staying locked up or in a lockdown situation the answer? Well, let's look at China, where okay. they've had the teeniest, weeniest little fraction of the number of deaths mm -hmm. that we've had in North America. They have a zero tolerance policy. When just two or three cases of COVID show up in a city, they lock the whole city down. No one can travel to it. No one can travel from it. Only one designated person every two days can leave the home to get groceries. Um, their lockdowns are severe. And as I said, they have kept their death rate down to a mere whisper, while the death rate every place else has been incredibly high. So that's one way to approach it. Uh, it's the same primitive way we approached the, uh, the Spanish flu of 1918 to 1921, except there's a big difference. When you locked yourself up and had to go through quarantine in 1918, you had nothing to amuse yourself but books and possibly writing in a journal. Yeah. Um, today, we have access to the Internet. We can do our right. jobs while locked up in our home. We can meet our friends um, while locked up in our home. We have a tremendous number of variations of things we can do. And how do I know this? Because in 1988, I got seriously ill. And for 15 years, I was locked in my bedroom as if I were under quarantine from COVID, even though COVID didn't exist yet. The illness was called myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome. And it took me three years to realize what I was going to need to do to adapt to this fact that I couldn't sit up at a desk anymore. I couldn't even do my work. I had two computers moved next to the, the bed with uh, one keyboard and one monitor that controlled them both. And I went out on this new thing called the Internet. And I had to create an entirely new personality um, within the circumstances of the Internet. So I'm a close I'm accustomed to living as an Internet being. I've had to do that since 1988. And but I'm I tell you, it can be done. We're seeing that it can be done, which means we are learning new skills from our confrontation with this virus. What is your opinion on vaccinations? There's a group out there called the anti-vaxxers, and they are steadfast against getting vaccine uh, vaccinated. Well, I think the anti-vaxxers are crazy because um, according to last count of the people who have died since the COVID vaccination mm -hmm. was introduced, um, less than 2,000 have been vaccinated people. But just in North America, just in the United States, 400,000 people have died since the vaccination was introduced. So that tells you that of those 400,000 people, 499, 499, um, I don't know, my arithmetic fails me at this point. The vast majority, the overwhelming majority have been people who have gone unvaccinated, which is wow. why um, Joe Biden has a habit of saying that right now this is a plague of the unvaccinated. It, where is it hitting? It's concentrating yep. on unvaccinated people. Those are the people that it's killing. So if you want to give up your life or your belief um, that a little elite group um, is trying to globalize the world under a totalitarian government and has invented COVID to do it, fine. You will have to give up your life in all probability because you're making yourself a sacrifice to the COVID 
virus. Yeah, I, I personally believe that anybody who does not get the vaccination should be put in quarantine away from society. Terrific. You know, <laughs> you know I, uh, it, let, yeah, what people don't realize mm-hmm. is this is not a matter of personal freedom. No, it's not. Any more than being able to take a machine gun yeah. out into the street and machine gun your neighbors is a personal freedom. That is not a liberty granted by the Constitution or by any Western philosophy or Eastern philosophy. Um, in fact, it is abjured. It is um, negated by every single society. And you are doing the equivalent of going out with a machine gun onto your block with your neighbors if you go out and you have gone unvaccinated. Stand by, Howard. We've got to take the news break. And XR Nation, Howard Bloom is my very special guest and good friend. Visit his website, www.howardbloom.net. Howard and I return after the news. Don't go away. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everyone, and to all our members of the Exxon Nation around the world who listen to us on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and, of course, our television channel on Simultv at www.simultv.com, and we are Channel 54. To you and yours, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, to all our other people who do not celebrate Christmas at this time of year but who do celebrate other, other holidays, to each and every one of you, happy holidays. Uh, Howard, uh, we were talking about Omicron, and, uh, you know, I, I I am not one to believe in the herd mentality. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about people uh, who deliberately go out and break 
the vaccination rules or who refuse to go get the vaccinations. I'm talking about the morons who, who still insist on gathering in large groups, not wearing masks, not being vaccinated, who are just in plain defiance of your health and welfare, my health and welfare, my family, and everyone else who is trying so diligently to follow the health guidelines in order that we can stamp out COVID once and for all. What is going to happen in New York City New Year's Eve? Are they going to still have the uh, the big event? Well, I've been waiting for them to cancel it because that seems like the obvious thing to do. But no, they're apparently going to do a scaled-down version and I haven't uh, been able to see what that scaled-down version is yet, but I'm sure it involves, I'm sure from the beginning, it has involved showing your vaccine card um, to make sure that you are vaccinated. But I would imagine it's going to involve more social distancing um, in this new version and um, uh, keeping people away from each other so they can't spray each other with these machine gun bullets of Omicron. Uh, but we'll have to see. Um, it turns out this is a, a time of adjustment. Nobody yeah. could, nobody was able to see the intense um, uh, properties of spread uh, that this, the Omicron has presented us with. It's um, just about unlike anything we've ever seen um, before. And so our adjustments over yeah. the course of the next few days, even the next few weeks, are going to be substantial. I just learned earlier today that, uh, as you know, Howard, my, my dad lives in Montreal with my brother, and the city of Montreal was put under emergency status today. Uh, the border between Ontario and Quebec is now closed to non-essential traffic, and I understand they're going to start implementing the same at land-crossing borders uh, between the United States and Canada within the next week. Well, this makes uh, sense because America has the greatest death toll of any country in the world, despite the fact that uh, compared to India, compared to China, uh, America is almost puny. Um, so this is a dangerous place um, to, uh, to, to have open and free contact with right now. Yeah, something else I can't understand, and maybe you can help me better understand things as you do so many times and have done over the many years we've known each other. If like, let's say, a big box store like Costco. They cut the capacity to 50%. Okay? Right. People still go in, and they don't sanitize their hands when they walk into Costco. Right. They wear a mask. But if Omicron can is using our bodies as water pistols or atomizers... Right. Is it not possible that a person prior to going into the store wiped their nose and here they are in the store touching stuff? Yeah, but uh, the greatest transmission of this virus so far, because we don't know what's around the corner in terms of mutations, but so far the greatest means of transmission is through breath. Okay. Um, so it, it isn't hand contact, it's breath contact, if you want to call it that. And there are many people who go into stores, mm -hmm. they are very committed anti-vaxxers, and they are anti-maskers. And so they will go into stores in places like Tennessee, yeah. and they will try to rip the masks off the faces of the people who are wearing masks, and they will abuse and intimidate um, those people. Well, well, he, well, here in Canada, if you rip the mask off somebody, that is considered an uh, uh, assault under the Criminal Code of Canada, Boy. and people have been arrested. Excellent. Well, yeah. you've got to remember that in Canada, you're a good deal more civilized 
um, than we are in the United States. And we have some real crazies, but crazies are not so much a problem when they're alone. Mm -hmm. Crazies are the biggest problem when they're part of a group, which leads to the other kind of warfare that we've been involved in over the course of the last, actually, uh, since 2015, and that's information warfare. Um, China, Iran, and Russia are not just trying to wound us and take us down through health assaults, although I doubt that they are responsible for the COVID virus. Yeah. Um, they are trying to take us down by creating so much um, internal dissension in our country, such a big battle between social groups in our country that we are torn apart at the limbs, um, that we are immobilized, that we cannot operate as a nation anymore. And one of the most successful tools for doing this is QAnon. And the whole theory of belief that there is a Satan-worshipping elite, um, which includes people like Hillary Clinton and probably people like me, um, that is out to take over the world on behalf of a global um, empire, that uh, wants to impose absolute totalitarianism, absolute control over your life. And these people believe that face masks are one form of practice for living in a totalitarian society, that lockdowns are another form of self-imprisonment practice for living in a totalitarian society. So these people are naturally going to rebel against what they see as evil, and the evil there are these evil Satanists who drink the blood of children, have sex with them, sacrifice them, presumably eat their flesh. Yeah. Uh, and this fantasy has been has had a vivid, vivid life over the course of the last two years or so. And it is one of the greatest forces under undermining global democracy, because right now global democracy is being challenged by global autocracy, uh, the Vladimir Putin way of running a government the presidency for life of Xi Jinping, um, the, the dictatorship of the Ayatollahs in Iran. These are all actually totalitarian systems, authoritarian systems. And they are basically saying, hey, we deliver the best lifestyle possible, so come join us and forget about democracy. Democracy is old and tired and falling apart and tearing itself into pieces. You can't afford to live in a democracy. Well, Rob, you and I, live for freedom of speech yes we do and that is our daily bread yeah and um and i believe that's essential and i wrote a book um back in the uh 2100s called the genius of the beast a radical revision of capitalism and i wrote it to save western civilization and it says that every system that calls on your idealism mm -hmm. says that it's going to lift the poor and the oppressed but the system that does it best is the Western democratic system. The proof is, if you've been born in 1850 in London, your life expectancy would have been 38.5.8 years. If you've been born in the Western system or London in 2000, your life expectancy would have been 78.5 years. In other words, we've added an extra, we've more than doubled the human lifespan. We've added an extra 40 years to the average human life. If you were the poorest paid worker in London in 2000, you would have earned what an entire tenement full of dock workers earned back in 1850. Irish, those were Irish dock workers. Um, if you'd been, if you took a, a random group of 100 kids off the street, up there in Canada, down here in the United States, 
and subjected them to an IQ, Stanford Binet IQ test from 1916. Those kids would measure an average intelligence of marginal genius, 135 points. In other words, we've added 35 points to the average IQ score over the course of the last 110 years or so. And most important, I mean, we've also added four to seven inches to the mm -hmm. average human height yeah. in that time. But most important, if you'd been born in one of those lovely indigenous cultures that lives in harmony with nature and at peace with its fellow man, or you had been born in the Western system or the Eastern system in 1650, your odds of dying a violent death at the hands of a fellow human being were 10 times what they are today. In other words, the Western system has increased peace in the world by a factor of 10. So if our great-great-grandparents could give us an extra 40 years of life, surely we owe an extra 40 years of life to our great-great-grandkids. If our great-great-grandparents could add 35 points to the average IQ, surely we owe another 35 points to our great-great-grandkids. And if our great-great-grandparents could increase the peace in the world by a factor of 10, surely we owe another factor of 10 to our great-great-grandkids. And all of that has happened within the Western democratic system. And every time the autocratic system has been imposed on a culture that is moving ahead into the future and moving on up, thanks to the Western system, the democratic system, the result has been catastrophe. Mao Zedong's various experiments killed roughly 50 million people in China. Howard, stand by, my friend. We've got to take our final break. Exonation. Howard Bloom is my very special guest. If you'd like to find out more about Howard, visit his website, www.howardbloom.net. This, my friend, Howard Bloom, is the guy who invented the 60s. We'll be back on the <laughs> other side of this break. Don't go away. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Like Malena Dietrich, and you dance like Zizi Jamais. Your clothes are all made by Balma, and there's diamonds and pearls in your hair. Yes, there are. You live in a fancy apartment. Welcome back, everyone. Howard Bloom is my guest. www.howardbloom.net. Uh, first of all, Howard, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us tonight. As always, I cherish whenever you're here on the show and uh, cherish our friendship that we've had, oh, I guess, over 20 years now, Howard. It's roughly 25 years. Well, yeah. I cherish it too, Rob. You're very special to me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Before we get back to Howard, I'd just like to remind everyone that starting, uh, Craig, what time does it start tomorrow? Craig says, 3 o'clock Eastern, we are having an X-Zone TV show marathon on Simul TV. I think we have 140 shows lined up, of which Howard Bloom is one of the shows that we're featuring. 
Uh, and if you'd like to take part in it and watch all the great programming on Simul TV, including Sony Movies On Demand, visit www.simultv.com. That's simultv.com. Howard, the year 2021. What a mix-up. What, uh, what are some of your greatest memories of this year? Well, it's, it's the, 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 the year hasn't been so much about great memories. I'm looking forward to 2022. Okay. And I'm looking forward to 2022 because you've seen me over the course of the last 35 minutes or so just spin out one version of doom, gloom, and catastrophe after another. Yeah. But the fact is, humans are capable of things that no virus, no bacteria, no other creatures of any kind, not dinosaurs, not birds, are capable of. And we're capable of dreaming opportunities. We're capable of dreaming realities that have never existed before. That's why we call them our dreams. And then we are capable of taking those dreams, those opportunities, and turning them into our realities. So our task over the course of the next year is what our task has always been. That is to see every catastrophe as an opportunity in disguise, to see every wasteland as a field of waving grain just waiting to happen. It's to cook up, it's to, to come up with new ways we can take um, ancient emptinesses and turn them into fields of waving grain. The person who is most archetypal in this right now, we are blessed truly to have him on the planet, um, is Elon Musk. Because in the same way that um, in the 90s, cyberspace was open to us, um, Elon Musk is opening up the space above our heads. He's opening up the resources of the heavens. I mean, once upon a time, life seized on a planet of climate catastrophe, an appalling place, um, where the temperature went up and down 88 degrees every three hours, where it went from a toxic state of being flooded with radiation to an equally toxic state of utter darkness every three hours, and where it swung around its sun in such a peculiar tilted way that it had vast climate changes every single swing around that sun. And yet life took hold in this place and turned the catastrophes into opportunities, and was a disaster rider and a doom tamer, um, and multiplied, and it gardened and greened this place. There are many, many gravity balls, pills of poison pills of stone, hanging above our heads. They too are mothers of climate catastrophe, and they are just waiting, aching to be gardened and greened. And whereas bacteria and viruses can do all kinds of astonishing things, like the 50 mutations of the Omicron variant. They cannot go outside the gravity well. They cannot take life to space. They cannot take life to those other gravity balls, just waiting to be turned green. The only creatures on the face of this planet who can do it are us human beings. Does that give you any sense of our obligation and our destiny? It certainly does. It certainly does, Howard. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, Times Man of the Year. Yes, yeah. and, and justly so. Yeah. Um, when when um, he was attacked by uh, Elizabeth Warren, who told him that he was a freeloader for not paying any income taxes, um, she was so wildly off base that it was almost comical. She is the freeloader in this equation with Elon. Elon is giving uh, the world, not just America, the world, a whole new space program at his own expense 
we are still putting, we and the Russians and the Chinese are still putting up rockets that carry three people to space mm -hmm. at a time, at best seven. Elon is perfecting a rocket that will carry 100 people to space at a time, that will carry 110 tons of cargo. And there's one other aspect of space that's supremely important. It's something I used to work on with the president of India, the 11th president of in India, Dr. APJ Kalam, and it's harvesting solar power in space and transmitting it to Earth using the same kind of harmless radio waves your cell phone uses. And with solar power from space, space solar power, we could end the climate crisis, the man-made contribution to the climate crisis. We could end the use of fossil fuels. We could end the man-made emission of carbon gases for in energy production. We could end those things forever. Space is the Green New Deal. Space is where life, what life and this planet needs next. You know, plus uh, all this, all these positive things that you said it would end would also include the people who are getting paid money to make sure that it doesn't end. Yes, absolutely. And those people Driving are being corruption. paid vast sums. Yeah. So uh, the, the, the countries of the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, the Arab countries, Saudi mm -hmm. Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, um, which, we, which have always been relatively dumb as cultures compared to Western culture, they've learned. And they are now investing in space. They are now looking at things like space solar power. And China plans to own space solar power by 2035. And if it does, it will own the rest of the 21st century, because that is the next great power source of humanity. They, in fact, have their first space solar power module producing factory, and they've had it up and running for three years. The amount of money that they put aside in their budget in the uh, 20, last 20 years or so, I know this because I sat down in Chengdu, China, with the guys from the China Academy of Space Technology who were working on space solar power, is phenomenal. Now, fortunately, the Air Force Research Lab in the United States has put $100 million um, into developing space solar power here. And a first module for space solar power was showed off just a couple of days ago. But we have to stay ahead of the Chinese because he who owns the resources of space will dictate the social policies on Earth. And those social policies can be democratic and allow for freedom of speech, like the freedom of speech you and I have, or as in Putin's Russia or Xi Jinping's China, they can eliminate freedom of speech altogether. And we need to make sure that freedom of speech, pluralism, democracy, the things we cherish, that these things yeah. stay alive and thrive by staying ahead of the competition. So how close is the United States to overtaking the Chinese work when it comes to the solar power in space? Well, we're about to have a launcher. That's uh, the SpaceX's Starship, Elon Musk's Starship, the one that can carry 100 passengers. We're about to have the biggest space cargo uh, transporter that has ever, ever been conceived. And that means taking modules for space solar power to space in ways that the Chinese right now and the Russians can't, but the Chinese are rushing to copy Elon Musk. They're rushing, rushing to get their own starship. So we are probably 20 years away from full space solar power if we continue to work at it. But remember, the Chinese plan to own this by 2035. We must beat them. Do you think there will be another war? Uh, world war that would be the most horrible thing you could possibly imagine because the places in which you and i live which we have known all of our life mm -hmm. can easily be turned to rubble 
the way that the major cities of Europe were turned to rubble in World War II. And with atomic weapons, that would be absolutely catastrophic and disastrous. It would end civilization as we know it. So I hope with all my heart that these competitions between Russia, the United States, China, um, the, United, the European Union, that these remain, that these continue to be handled by economic competitions, by political competitions, and by negotiation. Howard, as always, whenever we're with you, time flies by so fast, my friend. What are your, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight? You've got a minute. The final thoughts are, look, look at every disaster as an opportunity. Constantly look up. Find ways to climb above every obstacle that comes across your path, and then find ways to turn that obstacle into a tool, because you and I are the carriers of the future. So tell me, Howard, what are you doing New Year's Eve? We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we don't know what we're doing for Christmas either. Oh we God. haven't made any plans. But thank goodness it looks like my girlfriend who lives in Maryland will be here. She came November 22nd, and she's still here, and it's December 23rd. So I'm in remarkable luck. You certainly are, my friend. Howard, to you and yours, uh, nothing but the very best. And I look forward to the next time you and I meet back here in the X-Zone. So from Canada to my good friend in the United States, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Howard. And have an incredibly good New Year, Rob. You take care, my good friend. We'll speak, we'll speak to you at the very first part of the new year and see Terrific. how Howard Bloom looks at 2022. Good night, Howard. Take care of yourself. God bless. All right. Good night, Rob. All right, Exonation. That was Howard Bloom. His website, www.howardbloom.net. That's www.howardbloom.net. Now, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. I'll be back on the other side of this news break. Whatever you do, don't go away. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. Help Jews in Poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit helpjewsnow.org. That's helpjewsnow.org.